Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about taking ownership for designing our lives. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Shana Fannin. Shana is a professional interior designer and life design consultant. She is the founder and lead designer at Consonate, a multidiscipline interior design and life design firm. You can reach Shana at her website, consonate.world, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Shana. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Yes, I am so glad that I'm able to join with you as well. I am excited. This is the first time that I've really heard of someone just designing your life, like from the inside to the outside, and how that really does make a beautiful connection. So this is going to be great. But I would love to start with your story. I understand that growing up was less than awesome, but you did not let that define you. I, yes, growing up was less than awesome. It was really tumultuous and traumatic. And, you know, that's sometimes the reality we're born into. We have no control over that, really. Um, But what we do have control over is what we choose to make of it. And I learned pretty early on that, you know, our surroundings are really critical in reminding us of who we are on the inside, how we see ourselves and the life we're creating for ourselves. And so when we take a moment and we can, you know, envision what we want for ourselves for the future. And for me, it was exceptionally important for me. You know, I started writing and and tearing out pages from magazines. And and I don't know who remembers like JCPenney catalogs, like those thick, thick JC Penny catalogs. I used to circle and dog ear the pages and use it as a vision board for my life. And all of these things kind of melded together to create who I am today. Like understanding that when really difficult things would happen in my life, I would rearrange the furniture or I would organize something. And I've come to recognize that so many of us get stuck and it's represented in our physical environment. And that led me to be an interior designer and now a life designer. So kind of all encompassing. That's beautiful. So did rearranging the furniture or making some change in the surroundings, did that help you feel as a child a little bit like there is some part of my life that I can control? Was that kind of what was going on? Yeah. And I think now that I look back the way that I see it now, right? Like, and the way that I choose to frame it now is that I was breaking my association with what was because I needed to set the stage for new possibilities and literally quite literally set the stage for new possibility. And because so many things trigger memory, right. And spatially with scent, with sound, there are certain songs even to this day that I cannot listen to because really horrific things happened while those songs were playing in the background and I cannot, I cannot listen to them. Um, we, we have these these moments where our brain makes these associations. And if we can break our association with those things, we can really set a stage for some new possibilities. And that, yeah, that, that is really what it was. It was like, okay, I can, I can come in and I can control these things. I can set this stage for myself. And now I can set that stage for other people as well. And you don't have to sell your house, you know, after maybe a traumatic scenario or you know, maybe that's not possible. Maybe that's not feasible because you could sell it, but you might not be able to afford to buy the next thing, but we can stay put and we can remake what's possible. We can reset this stage for you, whether it's in a divorce or, 
you know, in, in a difficult situation, or maybe you've lost a family member or whatever it is, right? Or it could be a positive thing, like something great happened. And now you need to uplevel your life, right? Like all of these things, there's, there is a certain energy and a vibration that happens in our, in our homes and the things that are around us. And then when our energy raises, we need the things around us to match that energy as much as we need the people around us to match that energy. Isn't that interesting? Creating that harmony between we talk about creating harmony within ourselves that our thoughts and our actions and our beliefs, when these things, when they are in harmony, it feels comfortable inside. And I love the idea of let's also make our outside comfortable. And I, I like that you mentioned you kind of made these, these cutout pictures, sort of your vision board. And I've talked to other interior designers who've said, you know, your home can be your vision board as you Fill it with things that you love, things that make you joyful, things that make you happy. Then that can yeah. become, it can help bring even more of that into your life. Yeah. I say our home is a vision board for our life. It is the reflection of who we see ourselves as, right? And so when we see, you know, things not functioning well, it could be because it might be a manifestation of like something stuck in our life in that area, right? Or in another area. And it's just manifesting in frustration in our physical environment. Um, we're very much people who kind of act out things in our life. And, and so when we create a beautiful flow in our home and we're not feeling inhibited or stuck, um, in our physical, or the physical environment that we interact with a good percentage of the time, right? Like typically we sleep eight hours a day. So our bedroom is a really big priority. And the other time we typically spend in the bathroom or the kitchen. So those are three really, really important spaces. And our bedroom is the one we close our eyes to every night and we open our eyes to every morning, right? It's the very first thing we see. And so having that be a beautiful, authentic, connected vision of how we see ourselves in our lives is really critical. And it's not about consumerism as much as it's about intention and clarity intention and clarity. And I think and when we're not clear in our home, sometimes it can be a bit of a, a hodgepodge, I guess, and not have that, that beautiful flow. I love the words about getting unstuck. And what a clever way to start. Because again, sometimes we feel maybe stuck and are not sure where to start. And one of the best ways to start is through something physical, something tangible, something that you can see. If I put some paint on the wall, all of a sudden it made a difference that I could see. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful, a beautiful way to make a change. And I'm, I'm so glad that that helped you. And I'm sorry for the things that you've gone through and I'm grateful that you're in a good place now. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I say, you know, people ask me if I could change it, would I? And the answer is absolutely no because I would be a different person than I am today. So what has allowed me to become the person I am today is resilient and strong is the really difficult stuff, you know, and it's allowed me to relate to not only my own humanity, but other people's humanity in a way that I don't know. And I would have had the same opportunity had I not experienced life from a place of struggle. Right. And now I recognize that struggle is just us pushing against what we think should be 
as opposed to what is and just being present to what is and taking the next step forward rather than trying to push against what we think should be happening and just accept what is, face that monster or that beauty or that pain or whatever, whatever it is and just be present to it and move through it. It's a different, it's a different way of looking at things, but I wouldn't have gotten there, you know, had I not struggled for so long. (laughs) That is an interesting take on that. We're struggling with what we think things should be. And I, I, I don't know where we get the idea of what we think everything should be. Maybe it's from Facebook or TV, but you know, what is, is very different from what is portrayed on those kinds of screens, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that ties back into what I do. I think so much of people's homes is representative of what they're seeing represented as what their home should look like, as opposed to understanding what it could look like if we release all those rules and we let it be authentically connected to ourselves. You know, the room that most people call a dining room. Well, if you are someone who doesn't spend a whole lot of time at that table or maybe any at all, and that room gets the best light in the house. Um, and what you spend most of your day doing is, you know, teaching dance or teaching yoga virtually, or, you know, you're, you're, you really love movement and stretching and all of these things, or, you know, you do a lot of painting that should be the room that you do it in. Who cares what other people call that room? That room is your, whatever you do the most of room. Um, So that's where I think, you know, we can really release ourselves from what we see being represented in the world as what our lives should look like and instead let them be authentically connected to who we are. Wow. Okay. I love that. Just the idea of being able to be free to do what works and what what feels good and what matches your actual lifestyle rather than just what you think somebody else is thinking about you, which they may or may not be doing. But even if right. you do turn that dining room into a yoga room or a painting room or whatever that thing is, and someone comes in and says, oh, you're doing your dining room wrong. Hopefully we can be in a place where we say, oh, but that's not my dining room. This is my yoga room or my painting room yes. or my whatever. And yes. that we can come to that spot where, where we are okay being ourselves. And I love yeah. that it's not just the idea of following the latest trends or you know, the, the styles of, okay, this is the color that we must paint our houses now. And this is the color of pillows that we must have in order to be in. You're matching it to the person. And how yes. cool is that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was talking to so my social media manager is this beautiful, amazing human being. And she is an embodied movement instructor. She loves dancing and her husband is a chiropractor. And so in there, they have like two whole rooms in their house that don't have any furniture. Like one has a sculpture, this beautiful sculpture. And what would be their living room? What other people would call their living room is a beautiful sculpture of a juggler right opposite of their fireplace and another entire room dedicated to dancing and movement. And that would be called their dining room, right? So two whole rooms are just dedicated to them being able to fully embody themselves and move the way they want to move in their own home. Not a stitch of furniture. That's the kind of freedom that we can give ourselves, right? And we can create a moment where, okay, well, I could, I could, when I do have people over, I could have some, some 
some beautiful chairs and things that I could bring into this room. But you're, you're typically, you know, you're going to have the kind of people who understand who you are in your life, who you're going to spend time with. And so they're going to be the kind of people who understand when I come over, we're probably going to be dancing together rather than sitting down and, and having a meal together, right? Or maybe it's partially both. But when we can give ourselves that kind of freedom and know that there's flexibility in our life to be able to do more than one thing in our home, it doesn't have to be dedicated space to just one thing. We can overlap things and it's truly authentically connected to who we are. And we can make it really beautifully connected to that and make it easy to flow through the different activities that can occur in one single space. I love being able to use a room for more than one thing. It's almost like yeah. your house has expanded. Because now instead of a, you know, maybe a kitchen and a dining room, if I'm using it for both, oh, my room just got bigger. It does two yeah. things. Isn't that cool? And I liked in your example of your friend, how if somebody comes over and they're expecting a certain thing and they don't see what they're expecting, that if they are your friends, then that's not going to matter. And if they don't know you yet, what a wonderful conversation starter yes. to be able to say, well, welcome. And this is who I am. And this is what matters to me. And this is why things are the way that they are. And let's go dance or whatever that yeah. situation might be. Exactly. And there's other rooms for furniture, <laughs> right? There's other places to sit, right? Yeah. I think it's, I love that. Yes. Yes. That's exactly, I mean, I love that you internalized that that way. I think, I, I, I think when, when each one of us gives ourselves more room, right? That we do understand that, that there's so much possibility within our homes and those spaces do expand. They become so much larger and we become so much larger in them. That's cool. And I also love, again, back to this, this being who you are and allowing yourself. And then that interaction of, do I have the confidence to still be me when someone else is around, you know? And I love that when we're authentic, then the people that are our friends like the real us and not some uh, facade that we're trying yes. to portray. It's like, yeah. this is the real me. And if they like the real me, then I don't have to wonder, do they like me? Would they like me Would they, if they really know what I was? And the answer is, yeah. yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think when we spend less time worrying about if people like us and are there to affirm us and we simply take up space beautifully for ourselves and we're confident in who we are, it takes time, right? This is not an overnight thing. We don't just wake up and say, oh, I'm very confident and I will be for the rest of my life. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, it takes time for us to, to learn how to take up space in our life beautifully and to be confident in that and the way that we take up space and know that, that we are powerful in that space, that we are authentically ourselves, you know, then we're not looking for other people to validate us. And that's, that goes back to designing our lives. The more we take up space beautifully, the more we're confident in the way we're taking up that space and the more that we're confident in who we are as we take up that space and the more, and the less we're looking for other people's validation of that. And so then, we aren't inviting the people who try to invalidate that. We're not giving them any space in our life. Wow. And all this is coming from this analogy of space and that we are taking up space beautifully. And this yeah. is kind of a new term, a new way to put it for me. Would you mind yeah. expounding on what that means to you, that I am taking up space beautifully? Yeah. For me, the way that I started to see it in my own life, it, 
it, it's funny how my clients teach me so much because I've been an interior designer for 15 years. And I started to see how when I would change their physical environment, it changed the way they acted in that environment and the way they were able to enjoy that environment, the people that they would have around them and the, the conversations that they would engage in and starting to see these kind of shifts in their life. And then I started to recognize that that's been happening in my own life all along. I've become more and more intentional about how I take up space in my own life. So for instance, you know, I choreograph, I call it choreographing. I choreograph scents in my home, right? So um, my bedroom is pretty predominantly scented with lavender. Um, the bathroom with bergamot, uh, because typically, you know, when I take a shower, I want that kind of that citrusy, you know, beautiful kind of citrusy floral kind of hanging in the air to like wake up and refresh. I usually shower in the morning um, and lavender to kind of soothe and relax. And there's these scents and, and all of them actually kind of work together and kind of float in between each other. But scent is our strongest connection to memory and emotion. And so knowing that I have added that in my life so that when I'm in the morning, when I first wake up, I'm smelling that, those, that scent of lavender. And I'm like, okay, this is good morning, right? Good morning. Like this is going to be a great, beautiful day. And I'm going through my affirmations and I'm reading the story that I want my life to tell. Literally, I've written out the story that I want my life to tell and I include beautiful emotion in it. And I read that to myself in the morning and in the evening before I go to bed. And then I'm meditating for an hour and I'm drinking a glass of water and I'm sequestering some time for, um, for knowledge, right? So for a beautiful podcast or an audio book or, and I'm, I'm really being intentional about how I start my day and the energy that I'm infusing to myself because I am helping people throughout the day and working with people throughout the day to design their own lives. So I have to feed myself first. I have to care for myself first. So taking up space beautifully is not just about our, it's about our physical environment, but it's about tapping into all five of our senses and getting more and more intentional about how we do that. The colors that we surround ourselves the things that we put on our body that make us feel beautiful and emboldened and, and just the way we are, right? They fit well. We're not tugging at them. We feel comfortable and warm or whatever it is that we need that day. We feel supported by everything in our environment. We're allowing ourselves to be ourselves beautifully in as many ways as we can. It's not about doing more. It's about doing what we already do more intentionally. And that is how we take up space beautifully, just aligning ourselves with, okay, I'm going to have, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I need a little bit of caffeine this morning, but I want to make sure I'm not going to be jittery throughout the day. So I'm going to be mindful and I'm going to drink black tea instead of coffee because coffee, that's going to push me into a jittery place. I want to be really intentional that I wake myself up without getting myself into hyperdrive, right? I want to make sure I'm getting my energy prepared for the day in a way that matches what I need from the day. And, and those sorts of little things where we're mindful, um, again, because we need to eat, but what are we eating? We need to, you know, shower, but how are we showering as our shampoo and our body wash and, and all the things that we're putting on our body scent wise, are they, are they coordinated? Do they smell good together? Do we like how they smell on our body? Because we're going to smell them throughout the day as we move, right? So like these kind of moments where we can take and lean into that. That allows us to take up space beautifully and know that we belong and that we're cared for, that we matter, that we are important. And then we can do for others 
in ways that we need to and know that we are taken care of. We're not resentful as we're going through our day or exhausted or all these things because we're taking those moments to take up space for ourselves really beautifully. And I love that this all comes back to that you're caring for yourself and that you matter and that you are, as you're describing this beautiful uh, routine, this morning routine that includes so many different aspects that every time you're taking one of these steps, you're showing yourself, I matter. I care about me and how I feel and that matters. So all of these beautiful self-care tips, and I love that you gave some very concrete examples of what you do for your morning routine. And I loved how seamlessly those things that are to feed your inner self and those things to please your outer circumstances just flow together. And that you use, you're decorating even with something that you cannot see. And that is the scent, which is something that, I mean, I, I can't see it, but it does make a difference. And you're right. The research shows that that is a thing that connects to our memories are those, those scents. So very interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And yeah, just like, and like you said earlier, you know, it can start with something really simple, right? Like I was talking to my sisters this past weekend and both of them kind of had these revelations. One in particular had a revelation where she like now is allowing her husband to help with their, with their daughter. She's nine months now where she felt the need to always be the one to do the things, to be that kind of superwoman, that wonder woman mother. And now she's really empowering her husband to step in and really help co-parent with her. Right. And, you know, even though they're married, right, it's still a co-parenting thing where you're allowing that person to help you and asking for help and knowing that we can ask for help in a really intentional way. Um, so I know that, yes, I'm single. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. So I know my morning routine might not be something that, that everyone who's listening can specifically relate to, but perhaps there's one thing, just one little thing that you can do to be more intentional and get the help you need to be able to care for yourself, right? To take 10 minutes a day to to meditate or just breathe or go for a walk or carve out just a little bit more time for yourself to not do anything specifically, but just be with yourself. Maybe that's the goal. Or maybe the goal is to just paint your bedroom a color you actually love, you know? So not (laughs) to do anything, just to be with yourself. Can you kind of explain what, what that means, what that looks like? Yeah, I think, especially for women, it's really, really hard to take up space. Um, and I think it's really hard. We've become so addicted to stimulus. That it's really hard to be with ourselves, right? Because when we're with ourselves, we're actually with our phone most of the time. And our phone is this silent partner in our life, but they're not so silent. They're what I like to call, they're sirens, right? Like, like, a, like a mermaid, you know, a siren and a siren that call is a leading you to death, right? And I'm not saying that our phones are leading us to death, but they are causing us to die inside a little because we're not allowing ourselves moments for curiosity and creativity and boredom because boredom leads us to so many beautiful things in our life, our connection with ourselves, because then our inner voice can start talking and we can hear it, right? But if our inner voice, it's not feeling like it can be it can speak like who we are inside isn't given space to actually come out. And we're, we're, we're always stimulated with things externally. We're never really figuring out who we are on the inside. And so I think 
it's really important to remember what does it look like to turn my phone off and leave it in another room, right? Not, not even just turn it on, do not disturb, but turn it off and leave it in another room and have a conversation with someone face to face or just sit down and breathe or, or like I said, go for a walk. There's so many ways that we can just like, just need to breathe in through our life a little bit more because the constant stimulus is leading to constant burnout. You know, we can only make so many decisions in a day. We can only deal with so much stimulus in a day. Giving ourselves a minute without all of that, it's really, really vital to us being able to be present in our lives. That is beautiful. And I thought the analogy of the phone as a siren is very apropos. It's constantly demanding attention and is very attractive. There's something there to keep me busy. And I thought the idea of not being afraid of boredom, that boredom can lead to something beautiful is a, a concept that is not widely discussed. So that's very interesting to think about. Yeah. I mean, think about when you're a kid. I mean, for me, I had a really crappy childhood growing up. My imagination is where I lived and perhaps that's where this like connection to it comes, comes for me. And so I would just like have to leave the house and I wouldn't have time to like gather all these things. So I would just go out and I would be outside in the woods and I would just walk around or I would sit in the yard and you know, those, those flowers that look like bluebells. I don't even know what they're called, but they have the little purple blue flowers on them. I'm on the East coast. So I don't know how far into the U S they go. But there's these beautiful flowers and they look like little bells. And I used to take those and make like little ladybug villages out of them. And, you know, as a, as a child, we, we find so much creativity in the moments where we've got nothing, right? We don't have toys. We don't have gadgets. We don't have all these things. And all of a sudden, our imagination can just like take over and just take up space. And we have no idea where it's going to take us, but we don't give ourselves that space too often anymore. I think it's lovely that you were able to find a piece of beauty in a yucky place that you were able to escape through your imagination and play with those beautiful little flowers and imagine something. That's, that's a beautiful and a wonderful thing to be able to find beauty in a yucky situation. Yeah. Wow. Is there anything you want to make sure we cover before we close today? Um, no, I think, I mean, I've loved this conversation and I think it went places I didn't expect it to. So I love that. But, you know, if people want to connect with me, I'm sure you'll tag it in the show notes. And, um, but no, I think, I think that's it. I think we covered, I, I'm, I really love to just come on and see where conversations lead me. So I, I really loved and enjoyed this one. Isn't that fun where we really, we have a starting point and then we just let it flow. And I feel like it's going to go where it's supposed to go. So I feel like there's probably somebody who's listening who's just going to figure, oh, I needed that particular comment. Oh, I needed that particular thought. So thank you, Shana. I appreciate so much. Yeah, Thank you so much, Linda. I appreciate you. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Tony Robbins. He said, lead a life of your own design on your own terms not one that others or the environment have scripted for you. Today, I invite you to design your own life on your own terms. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.